0: Hello and welcome to another podcast. This is our second installment of our um, podcast focusing on Just Do It. Um, And our second episode uh, talks about a gentleman's life, on his inspirations and why he does what he does. A few things which probably drive him and make him into the person that he's trying to become so we're going to talk a bit about his life and why he is doing what he's doing so with no further delay i'm going to introduce Mizan say hello Mizan hi guys and the subject we're talking about today is Goha aka minority yes yes okay right so Goha yeah so, um, this Just Do It Vibe, which you might as well get on your thing now, on your YouTube. Um, so, this Just yeah, Do yeah, It Vibe, right here. yeah, this Just Do It Vibe. So, let's talk about your life. So you are a managed, well, part qualified management accountant, yeah. 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 Um, from the outset, when someone looks at you, they wouldn't think, okay, you know what, um, you know, he's a he just looks studious because you do you look studious. you've got a nice pair of glasses on. <laughs> you're quite a studious chap, when you and you look at you, you're quite a smartly dressed guy. Mm-hmm. but there's something inside of you that's that 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 you like to unleash now and then and and you know I want to get behind that skin and I want to understand the type of person you are. and i want I want the listeners to understand what drives you i mean yeah you know you're not famous a a celebrity whatever but i think but i th- <laughs> i think that there's there's something to share and there's some there there are there are things that people can take away that are somewhat things to think about so Goha yeah tell me what is it that drives you to do your music that wants you to, that tries to make you unleash the creativity that you have inside of you. Because I can see a very creative person in front of me, and I think that you have something to share. So, what is it that you want to share, and what is that message?
1: Well, answer in the beginning part what kind of drives you, inspires you. Um, The reason I started getting into the music, which is mainly hip-hop, you know, I MC, I rap, is the excitement that I felt when I was hearing it. I felt it was something that just really resonated with your being. And it just got me kind of hyped up. You know, it got me excited And when you're excited at a young age by something You want to partake in that So that excitement really was what got me Started and drove me to do You know, get into emceeing and and that whole kind of thing And um,
0: How did your parents take that?
1: Well, they um, They just knew that I, I liked my music a lot initially mm. so they were just like okay music you know young guys all you know they were, everyone likes music so cool there wasn't really much of an issue at all um occasionally when i would play some music and they would hear some swearing in there then it became a bit of an issue mm. because some hip-hop songs they do have cursing in there they were swearing
0: in there hey man i, just, I remember a time when my mum caught <laughs> she found my NWA tape. Oh, there uh-huh. you go. There <laughs> back you in go. the early 90s. There you go. And, um, and she played it to me. And she said, What on earth is this? What <laughs> is this? Do you want to explain to me why you're listening to this? And. Uh, <laughs> Wait,
1: so she actually listened to it, or did she just she look at the cover? She played it
0: to me. Oh, no. She looked at the cover and she played it to me. Dang. And it was just like she heard after police and all that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, yeah. Oh and you know, a hundred miles of running, and and um, I just remember, man. You know, back then you got it wasn't even a talk to. Now it's like now it's a case where you know your parents will, or us as parents, me as parent, you just talk to your child and say, okay, no more listening to these tapes. Back then it was you got a good whooping, man, straight. Yeah, this <laughs> matter what age she was. That's it. So okay, back to the subject.
1: Yeah. So yeah, and I'm not sure it was the excitement it was that got me into the whole thing, and then obviously you you know you get deep with it, and you learn about the whole kind of um, rhyming and the rhythms, and so you get deep into all of that. So that was how I really got into it. As what, far as sorry, miss. Go what ahead. introduced you to rap? Introduced me. Like, to how rap. did you
0: how did you come across hip hop music?
1: well i would say mainly two factors first of all it was any commercial type of rap that was highly accessible that was like a means that kind of when you explored it more led you towards more underground hip-hop so there were kind of songs out um for instance uh, what was kind of popular that, i mean even like mc hammer even though that was a bit mm. late i got to hip-hop before that but things like that that were commercially popular you would hear like people rapping and stuff like that and then you would you would find out more about this genre of music mm. and you would kind of find your way into the more world deeper world of underground hip-hop and that is not necessarily commercially Available via like Top of the Pops or something, whatever was kind of very commercially on at that time. So I think it was it was the more commercial rap songs that I took an interest in, but they led me towards the deeper world of underground hip hop. So that was one. And the mm-hmm. second thing is, which is quite a big influence on a lot of people <laughs> actually, yeah. is having an older sibling who's into that music. So my older brother uh omar oh he was into it before you he was into it before oh, me wow, I didn't
0: know that.
1: so he was quite a quite a big influence and you so, hear that a lot like you're yeah. like the type of guy that's the bollywood tracks no progress. man he was he was a dj no oh way. no way he was a dj Damn. man and he was djing our parties he had his own decks turntables wow, man.
0: never judge a book by its cover that's never all i can say yeah. Like yeah
1: and he used to write a few raps and stuff so he was like he got into it and when she had you know at that age your older brother your older siblings a huge influence on you so he was getting more deeper into it because he was older he kind of had more knowledge of it at that time so he was bringing up with the easy e tape he was bringing home nwa then the public enemies started kicking in mm. and uh, when he started getting his turntables and he started buying all the vinyl then it was like, yo, forget it and then Yo! MTV Raps we ended up getting Sky at some point in the early 90s and Yo! MTV Raps with a huge kind of yeah, thing and I started listening to all that and it was like, yo, I was immersed
0: I was completely do remember, immersed Do you remember Noomsky in The Word? Yeah, no, Normski was dance energy And he was dance energy, and he had the word No, The, the, was word, the word was another one, yeah That was Christian something, what was it? Yeah, that,
1: that uh, white little brother guy.
0: Yeah, I forgot his name, but
1: it's Christian something So the word, like public enemy and stuff like that were on the word's guest yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. Dance energy, like you mentioned They had like hip-hop acts and stuff come on there So, yeah, I, was just, I just became immersed in that world And fascinated by that world And started dressing that way Listening to the stuff, I even started using some of the words and, you know, you just... I became all into that world, that culture. So
0: when did you first start rapping?
1: First started rapping around about
0: 16. Okay. Were you freestyling or writing your raps?
1: I was, at that time, doing a bit of freestyle, but I was also just imitating other rappers. So I would memorise a verse from maybe nas or public enemy or something and just say that rhyme mm, Do you know what i mean mm, like mm. or i would take parts of other people's rhymes and put them together because that's initially with a lot of people what starts happening they don't have their own rhymes to begin with mm. they just have the other ones you know like you listen to a popular tune you know the lyrics just because you mm. heard it so many times so you're yeah. saying their ra- rhymes really and then that was my really initial raps were not really my raps. I was just saying them. Mm. Um, then you develop your own style. You, you start writing yourself. You freestyling and all so of that kind of thing.
0: Freestyling itself. I yeah. mean, you, you were you were known. I mean, you probably are, but you were known on the circuit from what I know from twelve years ago that you were known as a, a as a credible. And, and um, Very talented freestyler mm. And I only know I've only come across one guy Who was similar to Your vibes Was Nadeem yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah he was
0: a very uh, Just His freestyling ability was crazy Back, then, back in college day Yeah al- Altruism uh, Shout out there to Altruism Yes special Shout out there to him um, But But um, and I, 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 just, I just remember in college days, we would sit down and this guy would just pick anyone and just start literally spitting bars yeah. about that subject. And it was a phenomenon back then. You know, it was a phenomenon, but like people <laughs> were freestyling. And a uh, guy, and you know, for Asians to come out and freestyle in that certain style, yeah. there's a certain brain pattern that you have to have True. to literally flow with words. That's right. And people think, you know, that those freestylers are avid readers. Mm. Um, and, you know, even like the young grime artist who writes a rap, they mm. literally, you know, obviously they're writing, you know, they're, they're thinking about and there's a thought process they put in and they talk about their life and whatever. Yeah. But to freestyle is literally on the spot coming up with words that actually have a rhythm to it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know... That's a talent in itself. And I want to understand how you manage to do that. What is it that makes your brain do that type of thing? Because you have to think very fast. And there has to be a certain amount of vocabulary in your mind. Yeah. Because, you know, you just... You know, it's, it just doesn't come out with you know. Yeah, I walked on a road and I stepped on a toad. And you know <laughs> <I mean? laughs> come out with that rubbish. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? Like it, I like so, it. So you can't come out with that type of vibe because that's just stupid. This doesn't make sense. But when you freestyle, it makes sense. Mm. There's a certain logic to your freestyling. I so just need to understand how you manage to do that and what thought pattern do you have what 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 enables you to freestyle and mm. you know if there's any wannabe freestylers out there yeah um who literally can go into a battle with someone cuz i remember in Astoria in Tottenham Court Road yeah back in the day there used to be battles um back in Astoria back in uh, in the um early 2000s right I don't know if you remember that they used to do rap battles back then
1: on the street or oh, inside in the, the actual Night club. in the
0: actual club yeah Yeah, in the story right. nightclub they okay. shut it down though. It was a long time ago right, um, right but um I got that right I don't even know if I got it right but I, <laughs> I, I know it was, it was, it was <laughs> yeah, a know. club in Tottenham Court, off Tottenham Court Road yeah. that we used to go to for these rap battles and they were yeah. crazy so like for you to do that you know you can't be you're not a dumbass do you know what I mean? <laughs> You've got to have a certain element of skill, and so what? 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 What is it that makes you do come out with all of that from your brain? It's well, like a mathematician. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, it's a good point. It's a great question. It's, it's just. I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the big things about it, um, how I got into freestyling, was just the nature of, um, of. The initial kind of hip hop phase that I went through when I started doing my own rhymes. Oh, I started to freestyle before writing on paper. Right. So, before writing my own lyrics, a lot of people go straight into writing their own lyrics. Yeah. Me, I went to freestyling before any writing took place. So, I was always nurtured in that kind of area. So, Mm. freestyling was always the go to kind of phase for me rather than writing. Do you know what i mean and even to this day i still get more excited freestyling than than writing although the balance is shifting a bit because writing is an art in itself and you know doing the whole thing that's an art in itself mm. so i was nurtured in that area from the very start which which definitely helped as far as how you freestyle the brain and everything like that certainly is practice my initial freestyles like i touched on earlier i my Initial lyrics, were not my own lyrics I was just using other, other rappers' things and my I initi- did a lot of that back in the day Yeah, like many people do Like the very beginning mm. So my initial freestyling Was taking different parts Of other people's lyrics mm. And just mixing, mashing it up a bit So It was kind of easy mm-hmm. Because I wasn't really freestyling In the truest sense of the word mm. Like you said, from the top of your head I, was, I already had a pattern but I was kind of taking different, uh, different rappers' kind of lyrics from different places and putting it together. So once I got more matured in the whole freestyle art, and obviously one of the things you learn about hip hop as well is that you don't take other people's stuff. <laughs> there is a unwritten law in hip hop: you don't bite. You do not take other, other people's, people's bars, stuff. You be original. You don't you know? You'll be called out for that. So I learned very quickly, yo, that is a no-go area. You have to have your own stuff, be original, don't take anyone else's, don't don't copy someone else, do your style. So now, when the real freestyle started, when Mm. I started doing my own stuff, there's two elements, I think. There's Mm. one about how to ride a beat and how to be comfortable knowing where to place your rhymes on a beat. Mm. And how to spit on a beat So when a beat comes on You know obviously a bar And when, when's the end of the bar And when you have to do your rhyme And when it's going to come to that level Where okay now is good time To say something interesting Or maybe a punchline or stuff like that So knowing where to place your rhymes on a beat Being very comfortable with a beat mm. That's one part of freestyle Yeah just very at one with the rhythm of the beat And riding a beat And flowing and taking it wherever you want to take it mm. So that's one part The second part is more the lyrics itself mm. And the way it kind of works for me at least Is Once you say your rhyme there's, there's different levels But on the, on the most basic kind of level It's like once you say your rhyme and you say something So you know I was walking down the street and I looked at a car as soon as you say car Your mind is thinking That's the rhyming word Yeah? Mm. So it's presenting you with options Yeah? Inside mm. your mind you are presented now with options Because you know as soon as you said car yep. That's the rhyme that you need to hit So now yep. your mind is presenting with you what rhymes with car So far Yeah Star Yeah You know what I'm saying? On par so, it's giving you all these kind of options that you have. And now you need to <laughs> make sure that the following rhyme that kicks in, the following bar, we could say, has to end with R mm. to rhyme with car. So, whatever you say, just make sure that you end it with something rhyming with car. Yeah, whatever mm. you say. Mm-hmm. So. That's that's how it kind of works So you know I was looking at a car Then I saw somebody else And I saw them from afar You know what I mean Mm. That's the following line And your mind had already told you That you have to rhyme with car So out of the words it presented to you This is all going on in your head You chose afar There were other rhymes That also were presented to you Star You know what I mean On par You chose afar So you have to be decisive because one of the things in a freestyle is You could mess up Because you're still deciding which word to use
0: But your brain Your brain split seconds Thinks, thinks about that, right? Your
1: brain is telling you Yeah, these are your options And you need to make a decision Before the
0: end of the second because bar Because I, I class freestylers as highly intelligent Like, they're very intelligent
1: I'd agree with that um, <laughs> No,
0: but I mean, I'm, I'm just saying but People who are freestyle, That's like I, I, you know, th- I know someone who's a uh, a, a math genius, and you know, you can present any equation to them, and literally their brain will just compute it and come out with these yeah l- I'll, l-
1: I'll the answers to like the that. equations.
0: Yeah, they can do it in their head. Yeah, literally in their head, like they're holding, they're, they, they they compute the en- entire equation. Yeah. and literally they'll just spit out the answer. Yes. Mm. and like that's that's a, a, a sign of intelligence, if you ask me. So you have the numerical intelligence, and then you have the creative intelligence. For you to come out with that stuff very fast There's a certain level of intelligence Your mind has to work in a certain way Yeah yeah. So um, Okay So I've understood that So you as a person now Right um, You know You you went to uni um, And you found a lot of freedom at university Yeah Yeah. As a person I want to get behind This journey that you went on Up to where you are now And I'm just going to talk a bit about that And it might get a bit deep But, um, so so, you know, I I don't expect you to, you know, put your sins out on the table here. Yeah, it's just some vibes. Yeah, um, um, so you know, I am not saying anything I don't want my parents to listen to. (laughs) 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 I won't present anything that I don't don't want my parents to find out. They find it in the net, and it's like, What (laughs) is that? What you were doing. You did that. <laughs> Come here! I sure you. Listen,
1: I am not saying yeah, anything that they are uncomfortable with.
0: So, so let, let, let's talk about this. Here, so you went to university. Yeah, you went to you know Sheffield Hallam University. That's right. And um and you found an element of freedom over there, no doubt. And obviously, uni life is uni life when you live away. And those who are from that generation of the mid nineties, mm. um, it was a very um uh liberating life university because mm-hmm. you had free money, we had grants back in those we were paid to go to university and, um, <laughs> and 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 uh, I remember someone saying that students were social class C yeah mm. which was basically working class you're a working class person yeah but students who were working class as in they had uh, uh, disposable income yeah mm. uh, on them. So, you know, um, we were paid to go to university and there was an element of freedom. So, what is it about uni life that made you into the person that you are now?
1: I think, yeah, uni life was was huge because the the first year actually, I was uh, studying, I wasn't studying away from home, I'm from London, and uh, I went to Middlesex University that some of you may have been to as well. Yep. I'm Did master's there. Yeah, you've done your masters there, so I was up in there. Hendon campus And I didn't want to go there That was the thing I was like I ended up there After doing my A-levels So all good Studying business But I always had it in my mind That you know what I want to live the uni experience Which is living away from home Mm. You know Do all of that Especially since um, My friends Like my close friends And stuff like that they were also at uni and a lot of them had gone uh, like to Birmingham and Manchester Leicester they'd gone and they they were living away from home so when I would speak to them on the phone they were like yo man we're having a laugh up in here they were like telling me like (laughs) how much jokes they were having yeah and I was there like oh man I want to experience that you know what i'm saying because i'm I'm still living at home i've got like just a bus ride away is my uni and i'm not i'm not knocking that like a lot of people they stay at home they do their uni stuff and it's 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 cool but i personally wanted to get away because i knew like my friends were like you know they're telling me all these stories they were doing and i was like right i need to at least try this man so the second year i just said yeah it was always in my head I want to get away I want to just try Living away Experience the whole thing So I went to Sheffield Uni Sheffield Hallam Uni Rather And Yeah That was huge That was huge Like you said The freedom You're away From home now First time I'm living away From home Mm. At that time Yeah so I done my first year So but when I moved up there I was 19 It was like Yeah Okay Like The world just opened up In a way It was like
0: yo man I, I, I just remember when i went to college <laughs> you know? I forget forget that i remember when i experienced college life yeah and for me that was like the ultimate freedom because i went to an old boys grammar school oh and shit. and and my my mum was very strict with me yeah and uh growing up naturally she was like you know you know um she wouldn't be open to the elements. Unfortunately, life didn't, <laughs> turned out quite the opposite. But um, <laughs> uh, but you know, for me, college life was crazy. Yeah. And then New I experienced Welsh. uni life, and I was like, well, I, I was still yeah, living was at crazy. home, but oh like God. uni life was on another level. Yeah. And then I had mates who were living away, and I'd go and visit those mates, and they were living in like not even dorms and rented accommodate like rented apartments yeah, and rented yeah, flats, yeah. and they're all living together and it was just this vibe that everyone was having, and I was like, "Wow, this is crazy." It was. So I mean, but I had the comfort of having my food cooked for me at home. Oh, that's that's <laughs> it. Isn't it? You know what I mean, that's and my it. clothes ironed for me, and it was just the fact that I was living at home, and that was it. But I, I, I how did that, that experience make you? Did it give you a sense of responsibility?
1: Uh, I'll tell you what, it did give me. It gave me a sense of more independence. I was I was highly independent because of that experience Um, And not independence as in Yeah, I'm doing my own thing But I was I was less reliant on uh, On others And obviously my parents and family You're you're, you're just less You you just do things yourself Do you
0: believe your education helped you in your life? Of course it did Of course it did,
1: yeah. Education definitely
0: helped me. So you did, you did after that, you did a CIMA. Yeah. um, Chartered Institute of Management Accountancy, for anyone who doesn't know what that is. Yeah. And um, I remember having conversations with you when you were doing that. Yeah. And it's, it became an ordeal for you.
1: It's tough going, CIMA, man. Anyone who studied those professional qualifications, I don't, I found them harder than university degrees. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I would 100% agree with you. Um, mm. and and I remember you were you were exploring your creative side. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was yearning inside of you. Absolutely. And it was like, why am I doing this? Because <laughs> like, I'm going to be subject to this for the rest of my life. Hmm. What made you stop, Pissima?
1: I completed two-thirds of CIMA. Anyone who knows a CIMA, it counts qualifications. Like, you know, I'm at that level where you could say I'm part qualified. Mm. The reason I stopped CIMA is because the work that I was doing, it was... I didn't actually need CIMA. CIMA was for a certain level of jobs that you would apply for. And at that stage, it was like okay it's going to be a bit difficult for me to get into those level of jobs that I need for management accountancy Mm -hmm. because my work level of experience is not matching what I've studied so once you get to that part qualified level they expect you to have done a lot of what you've studied
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: kind of like uh, and it wasn't in sync like my work experience wasn't in sync with my qualifications and it started getting to the point where the higher I went up SEMA, the more of a gap it was mm. and it was always a bit of an issue so i made a decision first of all i wasn't really enjoying the studying yeah, <laughs> so i was like yeah. why do i put myself through this voluntary i'm not you know i'm no one's putting a gun to my head and saying you have to do this yeah. and then secondly i was i realized well even if i pass in my current work state it's not really going to be that helpful all i got was like people questioning okay you've done this level of sema but why isn't your work um, matching your level of qualifications So that was a bit As well a bit of an issue So I just took the the viewpoint Listen I'm not passionate about SEMA I'm not passionate about Accountancy Peace to the people who are um, But at the same time it is a good career It's a solid career It's a secure career that can last you for your whole life So I did like that aspect of it But I just said I'm alright doing what I'm currently doing I don't necessarily need SEMA for it So why put myself through the craziness of all that work? And anyone who knows me, man, I've, you know... But your heart's not in it. Your heart's not in it. And obviously you procrastinate and then you end up doing like three all-nighters in a row just to make the exam. Mm. And I was like, why am I doing, going through this every single time? So I just made a decision not to do it. I can still probably pick it up. Um, because I'm still two-thirds qualified. But I just made a decision and... I'm. Pretty happy with my decision at the moment. So,
0: what did, what did your parents say
1: about it? My parents was, it would be good if you could finish, mm. which is a, you know, I guess uh, the kind of response that you would expect them to say. And uh, yeah, they, they, I think they would like me to finish it. Even now, they would probably still like me to finish it. But at the same time, they they respected my decision. Because it's your decision at the end of the day. So yeah.
0: So I- what? 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 <laughs> What influence did your father have in your life?
1: Wow. Another good question.
0: <laughs> because your your father passed away a few years ago. Yeah. God bless his soul. I mean, Very nice man. Um, and um, what influence did he have in your life as a person? Well,
1: he was the biggest uh, male uh, influence in my life. Um... Adult male, um, my siblings, uh, my brothers also, obviously, and close friends. But he was really the biggest adult influence in my whole uh, male influence in my mm. life. So he was huge. He was huge. But I, one of the things is, is always, I uh, you know, I'll always say was that my dad was my biggest supporter. He was. He really believed in me. Wow. Do you know what I mean? He really, really believed in me. Um, No one believed in me like my dad. Even I don't believe in myself as much as my dad believed in me. Wow. He really was just like, you know, I think you can do amazing things. He saw so much potential in me. And he was just like, you you don't know the level of kind of faith and things that I have in you uh and um uh, so that's he was just a huge support you know just a huge support and sometimes he would get angry at me mm. which is cool that's what fathers you know fathers are there for as well you know they're not there to be your best friend all the time they need to be be a dad and i remember when i hit 30 quite a long time ago now <laughs> but he was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, i am hit 30 all that. But he was just like, okay, you've hit 30. What have you done with your
0: life? I remember that conversation we had. <laughs> oh, you remember I re- that? I remember that conversation <laughs> very, very clearly. He was just like... He tore into you hard. Yo, he was
1: just like, what have you done? Because he has high expectations of me. So I was like, okay, yeah, what have I done with my life so far? Well, I've got a degree... Um, You know, I've I've started the SEMA thing And I've taken a certain level He wasn't impressed by any of that He wasn't impressed by any of that You go, okay, so Right, so you've done anything that anyone would normally do Probably at that age Like, tell me what have you done He was, you know, he wanted something (laughs) higher than that He wanted something extraordinary Because he had those expectations of me and it wasn't a pressure. That's this the good thing about it. <laughs> Maybe it would have been good if it was more pressureful. I would have, uh, you know, acted on it more, but it was just like, yo, you got you got certain talents. You got certain gifts and you can do so much. Mm. Don't settle for mediocrity. That's what the vibe he was giving me. That don't settle for mediocrity. You've got so much. You could go way beyond that. And just participate fully, you know, in, in life, man. And do everything that you're capable of doing.
0: So... Yeah. How do you find the time to do what you're doing in terms of cre- your creativity mm. and, um, and and your work? Because you, you have your own business. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a successful business. You're okay, you're doing your thing. Doing my um, thing. You know, um, and, and yet you're still, like... Unleashing this creative animal inside of you with your, with your friend Nick and a few other people, and you know you're doing your stuff. And for me, like, how, how is it that you have time to do that and the brain space to do that? Well, the first or is it a release (laughs) for you?
1: It is a a release for me. But the first thing I'll say is like, I, I wish I could do more of it. So I mm-hmm. need to make more time for it if anything
0: so what is it that needs to happen for you to have to do more
1: of it I think what needs to happen is because like you mentioned my business that's taken a huge chunk of my time and uh, but it's the same with anyone who's working mm-hmm. full-time you know they've got a huge chunk of their time is taken up mm. would you
0: say you're a slave to your business
1: no but what I would say is that I'm more of a I'm not sure if I use the word slave but I am more of uh, somebody who can fall into their comfort zone and you could even say their desires to like chill so after work, when I could be working on my creativity stuff I sometimes just chill, have a meal, do my prayers Procrastinate TV, YouTube or something I don't make productive use of the time that I do have. I'm still doing it to a certain extent. Mm. So, you know, we're currently working on a, on a, on a track and hopefully Ms. and Basile both in the video for that. You're going to see that. Mm. Um, so I'm still doing it, but I feel that I'm not doing it as much as I could be doing it because I end up just relaxing. You know, when you come home from work and you just want to eat, you just want to sit down and chill for a bit. Mm. So I give in to that side of me a bit too much than I should.
0: Mm. So, if you if you had any advice for anyone listening to this, and they wanted to, I mean, they had this. They were work, they're working, um, they're doing their thing, and they feel they can do something else. Yeah. Um, be it creative, be it helping. people I don't know what, but they they're like, you know, what is this life really? what advice would you give to a person who's just like, every day they're just living, waking up, going to work, coming home, waking up, <laughs> going to work, going to sleep, waking up, going to work, going to sleep, mm. you know, yeah. uh, all of that stuff. And what advice would you give to someone who's like, there must be something else. I mean, I love doing this, but it's not going to make a use. It's, it's, it's not going to work and you know, there's, there's no use of doing this.
1: Mm. I think the advice I'd give...
0: It's down to self-esteem, right? Not, you know, not, not believing in yourself and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, that's definitely an element. But the advice that I would also give is to schedule things into your your schedule. <laughs> What's the first step? If that makes any What's sense. What's the first step
0: <laughs> that someone needs to take to even do that? Just do it. Oh my God! We're we getting we back to this. Push on the car, for that. yo! It's I'm just, gonna, I'm gonna get that sample back. Push on the car for that man. All right, yeah, of vibe, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you know, I mean, they just need to decide. It's about a decision-making process. They just need to decide, right?
1: The decision-making process is definitely there, but because you you talked about that person who is in a routine of work sleep and all of that getting up in the morning did the same kind of thing i think because i find myself in that kind of environment that kind of system as well and what i think would be a good look for someone who's in that kind of position Mm. is to schedule something within their activities within their week whatever it is that makes them do something creative so you actually Mm. have to because you're not going to do it i'll be real once you're in that kind of flex where you're going to work doing this weeks months fly by Mm. and you don't do anything because you're in that state yeah so you have to upset your system you have to make something just schedule something in that you know you would have to do even if it's something. As a simple example you, you struggle to wake up early Schedule a 9am meeting with someone Who you know is going to get Very upset if you don't get there on time um, Something that is going to make you do something You actually have to make yourself do it It's
0: do about I mean? committing to something right?
1: Committing to something Just commit,
0: decide and commit Decide that This is what I want to Okay, I like sewing Or I like, you know, making cakes and I wanna I I wanna bake cakes for people on the side and I just have a passion for baking cakes. Decide and commit. And you, say on yeah. Sunday I'm gonna bake a cake. Yeah. Like, okay, what happens? I'm gonna bake a cake.
1: But then how do you make it happen so you definitely follow through? You have to have something because if you leave it on yourself,
0: it's you may not happen. You know? Yeah, so you have to have a why,
1: right? You have to have a why. So what's but...
0: your why behind what you do?
1: My why, I think, right now is as the Sufis say, I wanna spread my wings. I wanna actually live. Because mm. I'm not part the part of you that goes to work every day and stuff like that, that's important. But that's is that really you living? That's not really you living, that's you surviving or Getting money on All that So you can do the bills And all that All of that is very important But That's not your heart living That's your Head Which is very important Let me not You know what I mean I'm not telling anyone Yo quit your day job And just go all out But your heart Needs to express itself And when your heart Doesn't
0: express itself Part of you feels dead
1: mm-hmm.
0: And so It's basically Are you living to work or Are you working to live Yeah That's part of it okay you need to use what you're doing as a tool to I mean I, I, I do believe life is short uh, it's not short it's long yeah but you know it, it's a it's a certain period of time That no is, it is it's a certain period of time <laughs> No, what I'm saying is when I say it's long yeah is that when we say life is short you think okay I've only got a few years left yeah but why are you even thinking like that you you know you may be 40 30 you've got another Life expectancy is growing and we know it. And you know, we're, we're, we're in the you know, people are a certain age where they're still dressing the vibes that they had when they're 20. You know, they're dressing in trainers still and whatever, and they're in the 40s because that's mm-hmm. the style that they've got. So, you know, you, you move fast forward to the six when they're 60 mm-hmm. and they're still dressing the trainers and they're getting the latest trainers, latest tracksuit bottoms. Mm-hmm. Is that a weird thing to see? Would that be weird? Because if I saw a granddad, then granddad would be 60 wearing Nike tracksuit bottoms and some latest, <laughs> night <Nike> trainers <laughs> after be flicking what is this guy, man, what's going on here? Yeah. He, he's just trying to, and it just looks weird, but is that going to be weird down the future? So for, for me, life is, you know, there's a long life, but there's a short period of time to do it in. A short maybe 80 years, to 50 years, 100 years, whatever. Mm. So for me, you know, you gotta do a lot of stuff and you gotta have a why while you're doing something. Yeah. So I just need to understand what's your why.
1: My why is that it's, it's, I need to let my heart come out. I need to, I don't want to go to the grave without unleashing um, your full potential. My full potential. That's my why. I want my heart to sing I want my to spread my wings I feel the same way as well as an artist yeah yeah 100% there you go and as a campaigner as well 100% that's the thing you
0: have a message my wife yeah you have a message right I have a message
1: too yeah definitely
0: yeah okay so let's wrap up yeah so in order to in order to get something done in life you just have to do it is that correct?
1: Well, that's saw Sheila Booth. Do it!
0: Just do it! Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! Make your dreams come true! Just do it! <laughs> so, that's my advice and that's Goha's advice. Just do it. If you have something inside of you that you really want to do... I mean, there are many factors in your life that you can... I mean, I haven't talked about the challenges that Goha might have faced in his life. and But there are challenges and there are many obstacles that you can face. Um, and life is not going to be easy. It's not a bed, a ro- a bed of roses. It's not, you know... Um, you don't get rich by doing nothing you know expect to be rich oh I want to be rich and you're going to sit at home and think I'm going to do the most easiest thing ever that's absolutely rubbish you've got to work hard yeah? he had fun at university but he had to work hard to get that degree he mm-hmm. has his own business but he had to work hard to get a qualification that allowed him to have the credibility to do that business yeah? um, so there's a certain element of hard work If you want to fulfill a passion, there's a certain element of hard work. But if you have inside of you that, oh, I want to be rich and famous, you're not going to do nothing. Because if your why is that, you are going to fail. You will fail. So you just need to do it. You need to go out there, have your why, and you need to go out and do it. That's what you need to do. And that's it Do it Just do it Don't <laughs> let your dreams be dreams Yesterday you said tomorrow So just do it Make your dreams come true Just do it That's it So okay I'm going to wrap up that scatty end piece there But um, look um, Thank you for listening And Join us on our next podcast, which will be released next week. It's going to be with just myself and Mizan. And we're going to talk about a very interesting subject next week. And I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Because I believe that there are people out there that experience these things. um, And they find things hard to overcome. And they fall into certain state of minds. And I want to talk about that because I truly believe I can help people out there mm. because I've gone through it myself and I've been through the mud and back. Um, so, well, next week is going to be about Adam. We're going to be talking about deep.
1: No, no, you got to get me for that one. <laughs>
0: do Something
1: else next week. I want to do the Adam one as well.
0: So yeah, okay. Look, so uh, le- le- let's 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 discuss that anyway. But anyway, thank you for listening, and um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. It's- It's 45 minutes long and um, and, uh, a bit about Goha's motivation, but I want people to just take the message that you need to go out and decide and commit and just do it. Thank you for listening and good day, good evening and good night. Do it!